0: Hello NFL football fans, welcome to the Week 3 rendition of the Limitless Edition 2-Minute Drill Podcast. I am your host, Michael Homan. Joining me today, we have Jake McClanahan, Matt Shatler, and Tyler Cordell as we chug through the Week 3 slate of games in the NFL. We're going to give you our own personal interpretations of the betting lines for each of the Week 3 matchups. Go through some fantasy guys that we are personally targeting. And in general, just have a good time and talk about football. Give you some different perspectives on how you might want to approach the weekend betting-wise. Maybe some start-sit decisions in fantasy. And stay tuned to the very end where we have put together a pretty juicy parlay that you might want to take a bite of. If you're needing to catch up on what happened in week two and want a week three preview, go ahead and check out yesterday's episode of the Two Minute Drill podcast. But Let's go ahead and kick this one off with the guys. All right, let's jump straight into the Sunday slate of games. We have the Indianapolis Colts taking on the Tennessee Titans. I see Tennessee favored by five and a half and the over under is at 48. Matt, let's go ahead and kick things off. How do you see this game going?
1: This is the game I wish we hadn't started off with just because this is one that's been causing me a little bit of trouble this week here as I looked at it. Because you've got two teams that are coming off of like, the Colts just had a terrible loss, they're 0-2. Their season could easily just tank at this point if they can't pull off a win here. We don't know how Car- if Carson Wentz is gonna play, I think he's going to try to tough through it. Who knows how effective he'll be. Whereas the Titans, they got crushed. Then they had a dramatic bounce back. I personally would take the Colts to cover the spread here. I think they've been a very efficient team, a very well-coached team. Tennessee's secondary has been exposed over the last couple weeks. I think Frank Reich is going to be able to scheme their way to at least cover the spread there. And I would look for Michael Pittman to continue to get a massive target share and have another solid game back-to-back.
2: You know, Matt, I'm going to actually disagree with almost everything you just said. (laughs) For some reason, I just, I kind of see this one being a slow, both teams want to run the ball type of game. I'm I'm taking Titans. I think the Colts are going to struggle to put up points. I know that what you said is true about the Titans secondary, just not looking great, but I have a weird feeling it's going to be a slow game. I would caution people to be betting over and putting a lot of faith into this game and and fantasy players in this game i just think it's going to be a low scoring one
3: yeah i'm on the same boat as you tyler with this one i have tennessee covering on this one i just think they're gonna ground it out the colts secondary does look a little rough they give up some big plays there so i'm actually expecting julio to have a big game this week otherwise i think it's going to be a slow kind of grinded out game a lot of derrick henry a lot of jonathan taylor just kind of rushing it up the middle control the clock control the field control the points i'm taking tennessee on this one and i would also not be upset if you guys took the under as well in this game cool cool anyone got any extra points
0: before we move on
1: no i think that sounds pretty straightforward
0: Excellent. So let's go ahead and jump right away into the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. I see the Chargers are getting six and a half points with an over under at 55 and a half. Tyler, I'm going to send this one over to you first. How do you see this game going and what fantasy guys do you like?
2: I'm going to take the Chiefs to cover. I think that they're coming off a heartbreaking loss. I think Patrick Mahomes is Heard a lot all week about about that loss that they took and, and the fact that, you know, they let Lamar Jackson beat him for the first time. I think, I think Patrick Mullins is going to come out on fire. I think this is the week that Clyde gets it going. The Chargers are averaging 140 yards and a touchdown given up to running backs on the ground through the first two weeks. I think Clyde gets it going this week. If you're looking to trade for Clyde, this would be the week to get him. If you don't believe in Clyde and you have him, after this week, maybe try to move him. On the Chargers side of the ball, Obviously, you're starting Keenan, but I expect a big game out of him in DFS. I think he might be worth the money.
3: Yeah, I'm actually taking the spread of the Chargers on this one just because it's a divisional game. I always think they're going to be a little bit tighter, a little bit closer, a little bit harder fought battle than usual. So I'm taking the spread on Chargers. As far as fantasy goes, I really like C.E.H. as well, too. I think he's going to have a great bounce back game, really kind of figure it out from here. And then also, I think Mike Williams on the Chargers side, as far as a flex start, I think that's a
1: great start as well. Yeah, actually, I think we're all in unison uh, in agreement here about Clyde. Uh, Same thing. I think that the Chargers run a they have a run funnel type of defense set up there. brandon staley what he did last year at the rams and now this year too is he plays very it's almost exclusively two high safeties and tries to force things down into the box so that the team can play downhill with their players yet they are giving up a hundred plus like 140 plus rushing yards like tyler said every single game i mean zeke and tony pollard just ate last week now i'm going to take the chargers to cover the spread here And part of that, the reason why is the Chargers and Chiefs the last couple of years, but even recently last year, they played them tough. It is a divisional game. Herbert's averaging 340 yards passing each of the first two weeks. Penalties killed him last week in a lot of different areas. And they have Derwin James, who has been, when he's healthy, has been able to limit Travis Kelsey ever so slightly. So I think that can keep it just close enough.
2: The only thing I want to jump on before we move on is... Mike Williams is a play. Mike Williams has been hot. I think a lot of teams out there don't have a better option. But if you do have a better option, the one thing I'll say about the Chiefs is they haven't been giving up the deep ball. I caution to expect a lot out of Mike Williams this week. But like I said, in a lot of leagues, he's going to be your flex play because you don't have much else. But if you have a great pivot, I'm not as in love with Mike Williams as Jake is.
1: That one, just one last piece on that. I actually, I agree with Jake completely about Mike Williams. All offseason, they said they were going to use him as the X receiver role in the Michael Thomas zone that came over for Joe Lombardi, came from the Saints. And so Mike Williams, his average depth of targets actually way down this year. So they're looking to incorporate him in more slants, crossing patterns where he can just use his big frame to shield people out rather than jump up 10 feet and come down and break everything when he lands. So... Hopefully, for him, he can keep that
3: up. Fair enough. He also has 26% of the target share right now. So,
0: all right, guys, that's some great conversation. I'll just throw out the fact that in the last 14 games, I believe the Chiefs are currently 1 11 and 1 going against the spread. So, I don't have a lot of faith in the Chiefs covering on that one. So, we're going to go <laughs> ahead and jump through. To Cincinnati visiting the Pittsburgh Steelers, I see Cincinnati Bengals getting four and a half and the over-under is set at 44. Jake, you are going to be the first one to speak on this one. How do you
3: think that Cincinnati fares in Pittsburgh? So at four and a half, I've seen four and a half a lot. Um, I would take Cincinnati. I see them at plus three. So I'm taking Pit on this one. I think it's going to be a closer game. It's going to be in Heinz Field. That's a rivalry game, another division game, so they're going to wake up for that. I know that uh the Steelers are dealing with some injuries right now. Big Ben's kind of has a pectoral issue. TJ Watt not really sure on his status for the game, but I just I think with the pressure that they can get on Joey Burrow, it's just I think it's going to be too much for Cincinnati to handle. That line is still terrible for Cincinnati. So just the pressure alone, I think that's going to overwhelm Joe Burrow on that one. As far as fantasy goes, I really like Najee Harris to build off of what he did last week. I think they're going to utilize him a lot, especially with the Peck issue to Big Ben. So I think they're gonna really use Najee a lot. And then look for Jamar Chase as well with Joe Hayden limited on the defensive end. I think Jamar Chase can actually have a
1: decent game on the Bengals side. Yeah, this game's really interesting, Like, I'm also seeing plus three on that for the Bengals. I'm slamming Steelers on this one. They're a well-coached, good team overall. Yeah, there's some injuries there, but I think this is a game that could really expose the Bengals. We saw week one, they kind of came out and had a great matchup against the Vikings, pushed through. Last week, they got exposed in a lot of ways from the Bears and some of the pass rush the Bears were giving them as well. So heading into this week, I think the Steelers, is just going to be too much. It's very hard to run against the Steelers, which means the offense, I, I predict the offense will go much more one-dimensional at that point. And I think it's a little too early in the season to put the entire game plan on Joe Burrow's shoulders. So I'm taking the Steelers to cover the spread there. From a fantasy standpoint, especially in DFS, I'd look at Juju Smith-Schuster as the person to go with this week there's a good chance Deontay Johnson does not play this week with a knee injury. And even if he does, he said the the news out of camp or out of the, you know, the organization is that he avoided a long-term injury, but that's still going to be banged up. And Juju eats in those short yard areas that Deontay does as well. Juju is one of my favorite players this week.
2: I am going to keep it short and sweet here. I totally agree with you guys. Like Jake said, I'm seeing the line at three. At three, I'm taking the Steelers. If it's four and a half, like Mike mentioned earlier, if you can get that line, I like the Bengals to cover there. And then like Matt said, Juju, I mean, he just has the lowest dot on the team. And with Ben's arm strength being limited with the pectoral thing, if he plays, I think Juju's going to walk away, especially in PPR with a really good performance.
0: Yeah, with the line going down that far, a whole point and a half, that means a lot of money's coming in on the Bengals side to fade the public i'd take the Steelers if it goes three as well so let's go ahead and move on to baltimore ravens taking on the detroit lions originally i saw this line with baltimore favored by nine and the over under set at 49 and a half matt i'm going to throw this one over to you do you see a different line at this point in time and where do you see this game going
1: i'm seeing the same line there for this game I do think uh, I think the Ravens will be able to cover the spread. What surprised me about the Lions is I feel like they've come out to start games very hot. I feel like once teams have those first like 25 or so scripted plays set up, I feel like they've executed exceptionally well during the first half of games. So I think they'll be able to keep it close, but we just saw the Ravens put on a clinic coming down. From a lot like a large margin of points against the Chiefs, which has been something that they've had we've been able to be critical of them before. Hollywood Brown is emerging. He's looking real They They found a great way to kind of utilize him in the offense. I think the Ravens will be able to control and cover. I also I don't hate the over though. I don't hate the over on this at all. So yeah, I would look at Hollywood from a fantasy standpoint. And obviously you're going to start your normal studs, Swift, Andrews, the rest of the crowd.
2: I actually am going to go counter Matt on here. I'm going to take Detroit to cover. I know that breaks your heart. I know you had them last week and and they didn't cover for you. But the biggest susceptibility for the Ravens is they're 32nd against the tight end. They're going to feed Hawk early and I think he's going to eat all day. I think he's going to give him enough points and help him move the ball enough to cover nine. Nine's just a big line, especially with a Ravens team that wants to run the ball. I just think even if it's a backdoor touchdown that gets it, I think Detroit's going to be able to cover. Like Matt said last week, they started the game hot in the game against San Francisco. They closed it hot and almost came back. If they can put those two things together, I think it might be a decent ball game on the Ravens side. I'm starting Tyson. I think in a in a pinch you could flex Murray. You know the the Lions are giving up 115 on the ground and one and a half touchdowns. I think any Ravens running back that's going to get touches is going to produce.
3: Yeah, I actually have the line at minus seven and a half, and because of that I'm also taking Baltimore on this one. For as far as fantasy look, I'm as for DFS. I'm really liking Lamar Jackson this week, I think he's going to be able to throw use Marquise Brown. And then that rushing defense, I just think with Tyson floating in Latavius Murray there every now and then, I think he's really just going to have a solid game where he just eats up the defensive front of the Detroit lions. And then on the Lions side, like you said, Tyler, I really love TJ hot to find his way here in this game. I think he's going to have a great game. They're going to target him heavy. Uh, Ravens right now have a kind of a struggling defensive backfield right now because of all the injuries to their corners, safeties, and linebackers. So they're going to target TJ Hawkinson hard, heavy, and a lot this week. I want to hear from at
0: least one of you. I heard all of you reference TJ Hawkinson. I don't think any of you referenced Mark Andrews. What is a temperature check fantasy wise on Mark Andrews? How are you guys feeling on him?
1: It's a great question. I'm a little bit worried overall. I think in part of that is mostly because it comes down to some of the emergence of Hollywood Brown. They really have been making a point to target him quite a bit. And really, Sammy Watkins has been averaging close to six targets a game as well. So when you have a limited passing offense and now you're getting, you know, six to eight targets heading. Marquise's way, Sammy's way. At some point during the season too, Rashad Bateman, their first round pick, should be coming back and adding another weapon into the mix. If Mark Andrews has a great week, I'd be looking to potentially try to move him and actually see if you could get someone else maybe that's coming up, potentially see if you can have wait for a down week from Gronk, see if you could mix and do a double trade for him or someone like that. Jake, what do you think? So just to kind of back you on that one,
3: I'm just looking at the target share right now. And Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins, respectively, are at 30% and 28% target share. And Mark Andrews is down to 19%. That's down from last year's past. I can't remember off the top of my head what he was around, but I know he's up around the 25 to 30% target share. So because of the the lack of targets and how much they are targeting the wide receivers right now, I think he could have a good game. But it's it's not as sexy. Let's go ahead and
0: push forward here. We're going to go into the Atlanta Falcons visiting the New York Giants. I see the Atlanta Falcons being spotted a field goal here. So the Giants are favored at home. Over under is sitting at 48. This time I'm going to go ahead and send it over to Jake to kick things off.
3: So right now I have the Giants covering on this one. But the main bet that I'm kind of excited about is the over. I think it could be a little bit more of a sloppy game. Um, I think this is going to be a game where Calvin Ridley really breaks out and shows that he is the true number one wide receiver. And I also think as far as the Giants side, I think Saquon really comes back and shows why he was a first round, second round draft pick for fantasy. I think he could really eat. Otherwise, as far as a deeper pick for the Giants side, look for uh, the squeaky wheel of Kenny Galladay. I know him and Daniel Jones had that little argument on the bench there last week. So look for a hyper target, especially maybe at the beginning of the game towards Kenny Galladay.
1: But other than that, I don't see much for fantasy in this game. Yeah, so I'm going to jump in. I agree with you on the over, for sure, Jake. Actually, I was pretty impressed with the Giants last week when they played against Washington, being able to put up as many points as they did against that pass rush. So I feel like they're starting to get things to gel a little bit on the offensive line. However, I am taking the Falcons to cover this one. In fact, actually, they would be one of the upset picks. I could see them covering the money line here. I think the Falcons jumped, they, they bounced back last week and put up a decent, I mean, decent fight against the world champs and i do think the offense will start to gel each week we've seen this with matt ryan every time he gets a new coordinator a new system coming in it takes him a little bit of time to jump in so i think they're going to pull the upset here on the giant side though i would stay in the flames with sterling shepherd the guy is one of he's an excellent route runner he's perfect for daniel jones trying to get the ball out quick he's able to play in the slot and just get open fast Whereas it just, it's a high target type of player. Whereas you're going to have to wait uh, for a little bit more deep shots for Kenny Galladay. Tyler, what do you think?
2: Yeah, so I'm agreeing with you there, Matt. I like the Falcons at plus three and I think the money line payoff is nice. I could see this game going either way. And I think the Falcons are, are going to be able to put up some points. The one thing that nobody talked about is I'm really liking Kyle Pitts this week. You know, Over the first two weeks, the Giants have, have allowed eight catches and a touchdown to the tight end. And I think that that's one of the big things the Falcons are missing with Calvin Ridley being the only real target over the first couple of weeks. He's just been being blanketed. So if Pitts all of a sudden can keep it going and build on what he did last week, I think all of a sudden Calvin Ridley is going to see a little bit more single coverage and he's going to be able to be the guy we thought he was going to be. I am going to agree with Jake though. I think Saquon can really get it going this week. I don't think they can afford to lose. And I think Joe Judge knows he's on the hot seat. If there was any week to let Saquon go and just let him run and try to save your job, I think this would be the week to do it.
0: All right, guys, fantastic points. Let's go ahead and keep pushing forward to the Chicago Bears taking on the Cleveland Browns. I originally saw this line with the Cleveland Browns favored by seven and an over-under sitting at 46. This time, I'm gonna throw it straight back to you, Tyler. What do you think is going to happen with Chicago taking on Cleveland.
2: I'm going to take Cleveland to cover. I know it's not a sexy pick, but I just I didn't see enough out of Justin Fields last week to think that he's going to be able to avoid turning the ball over. He might be able to extend some plays and maybe if, you know, Allen Robinson's able to get some separation and do some things, maybe they get into it, but I I don't know about it. I personally think Cleveland's going to be able to cover. I think you can play their defense in this one. I think Justin Fields is going to turn the ball over enough times that you have an opportunity for that beautiful pick six and you get to watch your fantasy lineup light up. But on the Brown side of the ball, obviously on offense, you're starting everyone that's going. I know people are talking about Odell. He might get hyper-targeted. If you want to take a flyer on, it might get it on the bear side. I'm looking at Monty and here's why I don't know that he's going to be able to run the ball, but Monty's one of the best pass blockers in the game at the running back position. I think with all the pressure that's going to be on Justin Fields, I think they're going to want him in the game more to keep him clean and I think he's just going to get enough passing down work based on that to be able to be relevant this week.
3: So I'm actually going to be a little bit of a contrarian to you, Tyler. I am taking Chicago on the spread because I have them at seven and a half. But I'll take Cleveland on money line. They're going to win, obviously. I just think the Bears defense, they're better than people are giving them credit for. They show up kind of when it matters. I know everybody looks at that one play against the Rams where they let Cooper Cup go wide open. But they caused some turnovers they got to joe burrow last week so i just think they're they're better than what people are giving them credit for and on the brown side obviously yeah you're starting everybody odell's going to be the one that everybody's kind of watching see what he looks like i think nick chubb is going to be the one if you're going to play dfs nick chubb can have a great game in this one on the Bears side I actually like Justin Fields this week. If you're going to stream a quarterback, I think Cleveland's going to be giving him enough pressure to where he gets the rushing yards behind it. I, You guys are shaking your head and looking at me, but I think he's going to have rushing potential in this one and a possible
1: rushing touchdown. All right, Jake, let's make this fun. What do you think? You think Justin Fields could be a top, what, 15 quarterback this week in fantasy? I'll put a, I'll put a nice little water bet on it. Cover your uh, $5 parlay that you just put out. Top 15? Yeah, I'll take 15. Put it on the board. Oh, I'm completely in agreement with Tyler here. I think Justin Fields is going to be exposed. I think he is too indecisive. I think the pressure is going to be all in his face. I think he has a lot of potential in the future as a quarterback here. And there's a good chance he can maybe get off to a nice start if they scheme him some good like rollout plays, things like that, to try to keep the offense moving But I think Cleveland's defense still hasn't even fully hit its stride. They showed a lot of promise week one against the Chiefs before the Chiefs just, well, Mahomes pulled Mahomes moves at the very end of that game to come through. I think he's going to be terrorized this entire game. I'm absolutely taking the Browns to cover the spread on this game. And yeah, I'd say from a fantasy standpoint, I will say this, look for Darnell Mooney. I don't know how good of a game he's going to have necessarily this week, but He's been getting hyper-targeted, and he was targeted a lot after Dalton went out last week. So I like him, and I also like the opportunity for Odell to get a ton of targets as well.
3: So just to kind of follow up on with my statement as well, too, I don't really like anybody in the Bears matchup. But if you had to play one, I do like the upside of the scramble effect and the fact that Justin Fields can extend plays. So it's more of an upside potential of just kind of running around for dear life and throwing one downfield or breaking one off with his legs kind of play.
0: Well, to your credit, Jake, I mean, the receivers didn't really help Justin Fields last week with dropped balls on the Brown side, Baker's shoulder injury, although he went back in and started playing, it's actually similar to what Ryan Fitzpatrick had happened, but instead of his hip, it's his shoulder, a subluxation. And. Jarvis Landry is now put on the IR. Odell is fresh off of his injury. Things are going to be a little bit iffy. That one's going to be definitely an interesting one. So let's go ahead and jump forward to the New Orleans Saints taking on the New England Patriots. I see the New England Patriots favorites by three and the over-under at 41.5. On this one, we're going to kick things off with Matt. How do you see the New Orleans Saints faring against Bill Belichick's defense?
1: I think this is kind of good. It's going to be a boring kind of ugly game overall, but I have the saints covering and actually I have the, I have the saints winning this game as well. I think the saints defense is literally was just, it's two weeks of totally different teams. Almost. They absolutely bulldozed the Packers week one. And then last week you had Sam Darnold finally freed from Adam Gase, completely like exposed them with a lot of his weapons. Mac Jones, they catch the, the the Saints have such a good defensive line. It's very hard to run against them, which I think is going to put more pressure on Mac Jones to show up and perform. I have yet to see anything that says he can keep up if he's put down, if they're put down in a hole anyways. And I trust the Saints to be able to open up and scheme more things for Kamara this week so he can get his per touch yards just up. He's been averaging like 3.7 yards per touch. I think they're going to open up and be able to cover this one.
3: Yeah, man, I'm in agreement with you on this one. I have the Saints winning and covering on this. I know Bill Belichick loves to scheme against the quarterbacks, and he's a great defensive coach. And Jameis is that wild card, but I think he has a much better game than what he had last week. I also think New Orleans has way too good of a defense for Mac Jones, a rookie quarterback. They're going to try to simplify it, keep it real easy. So look for honestly James White I think he could have a real real big game for New England as far as fantasy goes because I think they're going to take away Damian Harris and the actual rushing so James White out of the backfield the threat that he poses catching the ball I think could help as far as if you're looking up for a deeper flex play
2: you know the thing is with this game I have no idea what the hell is going on if I'm being honest when I look at this because (laughs) When I picked this game earlier, I took the Patriots to cover two and a half. When I bet earlier, I took the Saints to cover the money line. And it, it's just one of those things where the more I think about this game, I think the hard part is like Matt nailed on the head. The, the Saints were two completely different teams across two weeks. I close my eyes and I see a game where Mac Jones doesn't turn the ball over. It's a snore fest. They get it done because James is turning the ball over. Kamara struggling again. And that could happen. But I also see, you know, a world where, like Matt said, you know, the, the saints eat them alive on defense and, you know, Mac Jones is just struggling. They put up 10, 15 points and the saints squeak by on the Patriots end. If you're looking for a deep defensive shot, I think you could play him. Cause I think Jameis has just struggled to put up yards. So you're either going to give up points and be okay on yards or Jameis is going to come out and we're going to see what we saw last week. And you might have a chance at a pick six. On the Saints side, other than Kamara, I'm not touching anybody.
0: This game is also really interesting because factoring in the New Orleans Saints and the hurricane that their hometown experienced, the Saints are pretty much like a third straight week as an away team in this one. So there's a lot of just personal fatigue, living out of a suitcase, going up against Bill Belichick with a mistake-prone quarterback. I can definitely see a scenario where New England just rolls in that Bill Belichick fashion of just slow and steady Make turnovers, control the ball with the run game. But I definitely want to hear about this next game. So let's move on. Arizona is going to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. And Arizona, originally, I saw it as favorites of seven and a half. And I see the over under at 51 and a half. On this one, I'm going to kick it over to Jake first.
3: Jake, how do you see this game plan out? So my initial thought on this game was that it's a trap game for the cardinals i looked at the line seven and a half i thought because of how the cards have came out been kind of sloppy a lot of penalties hurt them out early i thought this could be a a nice little dog for the spread but my heart can't do it cannot pick them so i'm going az on the spread that they cover I think they're just going to come out, have a great week. I think Chase Edmonds has an awesome week this week. Really shows why he is a top running back in this league. And I just think the Jags defense, especially with how hot Kyler just came off the Minnesota game, Jags defense just gave up 328 and 291 yards to Teddy Bridgewater and Tyrod Taylor. So Yeah, I just, it's too much. Cardinals have too many weapons. Kyler's too good. I'm taking Cardinals.
2: Yeah, I I think this one's easy. Uh, I'll keep it short and sweet. I think the Cardinals, uh, I saw them at seven earlier, even if it's seven and a half, even if it's 12 and a half, it was 14. I'd probably play the Cardinals. I just haven't seen anything from Jacksonville that tells me that they can compete with the amount of points Cardinals are going to put up. Kyler Murray's going to score four touchdowns unless Chase Edmonds scores four touchdowns, but the Cardinals are scoring four touchdowns. And I don't see the Jags being able to put up 28 points with this pass rush in Trevor Lawrence's face. On the Jacksonville side, I may play Marvin Jones just because they're going to have to throw the ball game. They're going to have to put up points and try to match Kyler. On the Cardinal side, obviously you're playing all the big names. If you're looking for a sneaky defense, Trevor Lawrence has been turning the ball over. Cardinals could easily just get a pick six and all of a sudden make your week.
1: Yeah, I really don't have much to add on this. I mean, this is, uh, we're, we're in the middle of Jags watch right now. Jags have been, uh, they've given up 21 plus points in 17 games now. It's one of the longest streaks in history there, and I think they're going to keep it up this week. Kyler looks like he finally is really getting this system with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury. Keep watching Rondale Moore. Uh, that guy's had an electric first two weeks of the season, and it looks like his snap share is slowly starting to increase, which will be interesting to watch from a Cardinals fantasy standpoint there. But yeah, this one's easy. Take the Cardinals, cover the spread, and yeah, pretty pretty cut and drive.
0: Just to throw something out there, when it comes to fantasy, James Robinson, he was a heartthrob last year. Does any one of you have any confidence in starting him even as a flex at all until he shows otherwise this season? No. No. All right, so that's a unanimous one, guys. So let's keep on moving with the Washington football team going to Buffalo to take on the Bills. I see the Bills favored by eight and the over-under at 46. Tyler, this one is primed and ready for you. What is this game going to turn out?
2: You know, I've got the Bills to cover. I think Washington's defense hasn't quite been what we thought they were going to be coming into the season. The Bills just absolutely routed Miami last week. They've done a really, really good job of taking advantage of bad offensive play on the other side of the ball on Washington. That means I'm really not starting anybody other than you've got to start Terry. You've got to start Gibson. I don't like a lot of the other guys. If you have to play someone deep, you might be able to play McKissick just because they're going to have to pass the ball so much. They don't really have anyone outside of Terry with Curtis hurt. He's a deep play. Obviously, on the Bills' side of the ball, you're playing Diggs, you're playing Josh Allen. I think that one's pretty cut and dry.
3: Yeah, I have Buffalo as well on this one. I actually have the line at seven and a half, but yeah, I still have Buffalo. Their defense is just so good. They're just kind of shutting down everybody right now. And that's just going to be a tough matchup for the football team to really get anything going. They're both, the Bills' defense is good in both the rush and the pass game. So I like you said, Tyler, I have Terry McLaurin. I mean, those two are and Antonio Gibson are the only two that I'm struggling to play, but I'll still play them, obviously. But I really think Josh Allen has a high pass passing game on this one. I think he kind of bounces back from his quote unquote struggles that he has. So if there's an over on his passing, Right now I have, I think he would have over 300. I'm not sure what the actual player prop is on him, but if it's like 280, 290, go ahead and take the over on that one. I think he has a big game this week.
1: Yeah, this this game's interesting here. Um, I actually think at seven and a half, I think I would take Washington here. Um, and it's a little bit of a, I'm, I'm basically betting that the team is going to actually start to round a little bit more in form here. They've been very uncharacteristic on their third downs week one. They gave up 14 out of 19 to Justin Herbert and the chargers last week. They made Daniel Jones look like a competent quarterback. So I just feel like something's going to give with that defense and they're going to start to figure just enough of it out. And on top of that, too, is I actually I've been very impressed with Taylor Heineke. I thought he performed exceptionally well last week. And so this will be a great test. I could this could totally blow up in my face, but because the Bills have played an incredible their defense has been fantastic to this point. The same time, I'm interested to see what how this plays out, because they played a struggling Big Ben and Steelers offense. And then a Miami offense that isn't worth even speaking about at this point. So it'll be interesting to see what Heineke can do here. I'd say from a fantasy standpoint, the player that I'm watching right now is Emmanuel Sanders. He's had almost a completely full snap share, just a few percentage points under Stefan Diggs. He's been getting targeted deep down the field and getting many of those targets last year in fantasy. John Brown and Stephon Diggs were mutually both top twenty receivers through most of the year until John Brown had got hurt. And if Emmanuel Sanders has anything left, he could easily end up stepping into some fantasy value there. This is one of my favorite games on the slate to see how this plays out. I actually like Emmanuel Sanders a
3: lot. There, I think another sneaky play on this game would be Cole Beasley. He's getting twenty two percent of the target share right now, and with how many like just kind of dive and dunks, I can see Cole get into the end zone this week. All right, guys.
0: Yeah, that's all great points. Personally, I've been much disappointed with considering the hype around Washington's defense, what they've been able to produce so far. Opposite story for the Bills. The Bills have looked awesome on defense when I was not suspecting them to be that good on defense. Plus, they're paired with that amazing offense. So, personally, I would lean on the Bills to cover that spread. But let's go ahead and move on to the New York Jets taking on the Denver Broncos. I see Denver favored as high as 10 and a half points with the over under only at 41. Tyler, I'm going to throw this one over to you this time. What do you think on this game?
2: I think the Broncos are covering 10 and a half. Their defense has been able to play exceptionally well. And ultimately, you're looking at a quarterback that's just Whenever he throws the ball, it reminds me of Jameis two years ago. Whenever he throws the ball, you have no idea if it's going to go to one of his own players or one of the other players. That's why I'm slamming Broncos defense, especially in DFS this week. I think they could single-handedly win you a week. And ultimately, I mean, unless the Jets are playing the Jags, I'm probably playing every defense against the Jets the rest of the way until Zach Wilson figures it out. On the Jets side of the ball, other than Corey Davis, I don't think, you know, not even just in this matchup specifically, but going forward, I don't think anyone else is even playable until someone proves it otherwise.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there too. Um, I think I think the, I have the Broncos covering this. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's looked good. Now, they do have the, the first two weeks of the season, they've been very weak matchups. It's not like they've played like a high level of competition just yet. So it'll be interesting to see when the Broncos do face like a real playoff caliber opponent but they're not this week. And that's really all that matters. Uh, the Jets offensive line is porous, especially with a backed in their left tackle out for the next six to eight weeks. Zach Wilson looks like he's not comfortable. There's no weapons they can trust. Whereas it looks like the, the Broncos are really starting to get some chemistry together. Look for Cortland Sutton to have another big game. Look for Noah Fant to stay consistent as he has been the last two weeks From there, the only other stat I'll throw in to just help cover the spread there is the Broncos have, uh, they've been 17 and one in their last 18 home openers early on in the season when a team has to go play at that altitude, they're known to just absolutely demolish teams early on in the season. 10 and a half is a lot that did give me caution, but I'm going to go with history on that. This one.
3: Yeah, I'm going with 10 and a half as well too. I just think that defense is too good, especially against Zach Wilson. We all saw what New England did to Zach last week. So I think it's going to be another another one of those weeks for Zach. As far as the Broncos side, I think Melvin Gordon can actually get some touches, especially in the 10 zone and in the red zone. So I think he could actually have a, not necessarily a big game, but a very serviceable game if you're looking for like a deep RB2 type of play this week.
1: Tyler, Jake, quick question for you guys real quick on this game. I've just, I've seen a lot of questions about this. Um, Tyler, I'll start with you here since Jake just finished. What do you th- guys, what do you guys see uh, when it comes to the, the Broncos backfield? Do you see this being like is any one of these two players, Javante or Melvin emerging?
2: I think it's going to take an injury from one of these two guys or just a very, very, very nice matchup like this for me to want to slot either one of them into my starting lineup. Ultimately, Melvin is at a point where if you're going to move on to Javante after this year and you're not competing, why wouldn't you just test the tires and just let them ride as far as they'll take you? So even if Javante was to become the starter, I don't know why you run him into the ground and put carries on him when you can just let Melvin go after this year. And basically have a running back that's fresh coming into a second year. Hopefully they go get themselves, you know, some more pieces and, and are actually able to be a contender.
3: Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you right now, just as far as numbers goes, Melvin's in for 55% of the snaps, but Javante has 47% of the actual attempts. I think they're just gonna split carry, split back feels just let Melvin kind of run himself into the dirt, like Tyler said, and save as many miles on Javante as they can this season, and then just kind of let let it ride out. I'll go a tiny bit contrarian to that. I personally have loved Melvin Gordon,
0: but I think that Javante Williams has looked better on those touches. So I personally am going to sign with him on this. And, you know, the original point was, if they're not competitive, well, the Broncos are two and zero right now. So if they continue to go on a heater, and Williams looks better with those touches, I would think that he starts to continue going. Tyler, you want to rebuttal real quick?
2: No, I just want to say, God, I can't believe they're two and zero. I that is, <laughs> wa- watching them. I mean, I mean, what they've been able to accomplish the first couple of weeks. I mean, watching them each week. If I close my eyes and I try to picture their schedule and their record i just yeah that that's crazy that's that's information to me that's like breaking news that the broncos are 2-0 all
0: right well let's go ahead and push forward to a different team with a surprise 2-0 and we have the miami dolphins taking on the las vegas raiders the las vegas raiders here are favored at three and a half points the over under is 45. matt you said the miami's offense was not worth talking about and you don't like the raiders which is why I'm going to make you talk about them first. Go ahead.
1: Well, I'll skip the Dolphins and just go right to the Raiders because that's all <laughs> it's worth talking about. This is a slam dunk bet on the Raiders. Like, I know the line is, I think they're favored by, yeah, three three and a half there. This would be one of those games where it just, I feel like you could put 250, 500, you could put amount of money that you're comfortable with spending on the Raiders, just money line, just take it cover the spread, and it's just like almost a guaranteed lock. The Dolphins' offensive line doesn't know how to block. There's a clip that was going around all this last week where they had eight people in trying to guard five people, and they couldn't even do it, and Tua just got absolutely crushed. They don't have a line. They're going to be playing Jacoby Brissett this week. There's been flashes, I guess. Like Jalen Waddle has actually it surprised me. He's looked good. We'll see, I guess, what Will Fuller can do. But if you can't block for more than one and a half seconds, how's Will Fuller going to get open down the field? Whereas the Raiders are coming off defeating two legit defenses in impressive fashion. I think this is slam the Raiders.
3: Yeah, I have the Raiders as well on this one at three and a half. That's almost a gift that the sports books are giving us right now. That feels like the closest to a 100% bet that I've seen in a while. Now it's not going to work because I said that. But yeah, I am slamming the Raiders. Derek Carr is I believe he's the number 1 passer in the NFL right now, has the most passing yards. So he's absolutely slinging it. He's throwing it all over the field. As far as DFS, I do like Darren Waller this week. Right now, he has, in the past two weeks, six targets in the red zone. So that's just a juicy stat that I love. I think he will get you a touchdown this week. So for DFS, go ahead and put Darren Waller in your lineup.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think this could be a trap game. I think that you could get trapped into not betting every cent that you have on the Raiders. It it is absolutely just, (laughs) you guys are laughing, but honestly, I I can't possibly imagine the Raiders not, Derek Carr could get injured, and I think the Raiders still win this game. It truly just astounds me that the line is three and a half. On the Dolphins side, I'm not playing anyone. You can find guys on the waiver wire with a better shot of scoring, the Raiders defense there for me is a is a big slam play. I think you can find them in most leagues, and I think that they're going to be able to, you know, if nothing else, contain the Dolphins, maybe get a turnover or two and, and put up a pretty safe floor performance. One
3: thing that I am very intrigued about in this game on the Dolphins side, I'm not playing anybody, but I do want to see how Will Fuller handles himself in that offense does it take away from jalen Waddle at all because i know they're both kind of big play guys so i am intrigued just to watch and see how they navigate that but yeah it's stay away from miami dolphins players with 10 foot pole in this game yeah you're gonna have to wait till two is back jacoby doesn't count true guys i know that
0: you didn't hear a big laugh on tyler's joke but man if you could see everyone's red faces, trying to hold it in, not to ruin the auto quality. It was awesome. So let's go ahead and move forward here with the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Minnesota Vikings. The Seahawks are favored by two. The over under is 55 and a half. So we're gearing up for a high scoring game. Jake, I want to throw it over to you.
3: What do you think is going to happen with Seattle, Minnesota? So I have Seattle at minus one and a half is the line that I saw. And I am taking Seattle on this one. I think Russell Wilson's just too explosive. Obviously, we saw what Kyler did to the Minnesota defense last week. I think Russell Wilson can have a very Kyler esque type of performance in this, where he's just thrown all over them. Minnesota doesn't really have a secondary to hold anybody, to guard anybody. So I am taking Seattle on this one. As far as Minnesota's side of the offense, obviously you're looking at your main starters of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Other than that, there's not much that I would go with. For DFS standards, I would probably prioritize Dalvin Cook out of those three, but it also depends on kind of your style of how
1: you built your team and stuff like that. Vikings plus one and a half at home. Like it. I love it. I'm taking, I am absolutely taking the Vikings on this one. They're a very, very well coached team. They've shown out well. Like they've been extremely competitive in both games and they've started off the season on the road, both games. They took the Bengals to overtime, lost it. They had a couple chances to win that game. Cardinals, they jumped out to 21 to 10 right over them and quick and they looked good doing it if it wasn't for kyler's 400 passing yards and absolutely insane heroics and realistically a typical vikings missed field goal that would have won them the game they had that game against the cardinals so i'd be taking the vikings here it's just a home game with that stadium 0 and two You know they're going to go for it. Mike Zimmer came out in a press conference earlier, and when they asked him about Dalvin Cook being slightly banged up, they're like, oh, are you going to limit his workload this week? He's like, nope, it's time to go get wins. So they're going to ride Dalvin into the ground this week, and I think he could absolutely single-handedly just turn the tides. He's due for a massive game. So I have the Vikings covering this one, and actually just winning outright.
2: So I'm going to side with Jake here. I like Seattle to cover. I think that if you just look at what the Vikings defense has allowed, I mean, yeah, they played Kyler last year or last week, but in week one, I mean, they let Burrow go twenty for twenty-seven, two hundred sixty-one yards, two touchdowns. I think Russ is just going to cook in this game. I don't think they have any way to contain Lockett and Metcalf. So, with that being said, on the Seattle side of the ball, I'm playing everyone. On the Viking side, I'm actually looking at Kirk as a streamer. Ultimately. You might want to turn around and and think that, okay, you know, Seattle's the 32nd ranked rush defense. But really, if you look at it, it's super overblown by the fact that Derrick Henry had a massive second half. The first week and the first half of last week, Seattle's actually been solid on the ground. If Dalvin is limited at all, he might be a little bit of a trap play in DFS if you're paying up for him. I think Kirk's actually just going to throw the hell out of the ball trying to keep up with Seattle. I'm actually uh, streaming
0: and, Kirk too, so. And I do want to get your guys' opinion. We have skipped largely over-unders. This one is set for a track meet, 55 and a half. Want to get your opinion on taking the over or taking the under on this one?
1: I, I think I would take the over. I mean, especially it's kind of what everyone's saying. There's going to be a lot of points scored. Vikings have put up 24 points minimum both weeks. They put up 33 last week. You know, Seattle's going to be putting up close to 30 points. I don't know. I'd say the over. I don't have a strong opinion on that one. Tyler, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you there as far as not having a strong opinion. The thing is, both of these teams could absolutely put up 35 points. There's no question about it. But the problem is that both of these teams, if you ask the coaches what they want to do, they both want to be running offenses. So if they can be successful on the ground, I could see a game where all of a sudden they're trying to hand the ball off a lot. They're trying to do that. Maybe the clock chews and it goes either way. This is one of those games that I think is either going to go way over or way under because that 55 is real high.
3: 55 to me in this game is a little
0: high, but. Sounds good, guys. So let's go ahead and move on to another game that has a 55.5 over-under, and that is Tampa Bay at Los Angeles Rams. I see Tampa Bay favored by one. Tyler, I'm going to throw this one over to you this time. What do you think happens? Buccaneers at Rams.
2: You know, until Tampa loses a game, I'm, I'm taking Tampa. It's only one and a half points. I, I think Tampa... You know, it, it needs to be the favorite until they lose a game. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They look like they're a better team than they were last year, which is saying something. And no disrespect to Matt Stafford, but Tom Brady is playing like the best quarterback in the league right now. Matt Stafford on the other side of the ball, though, is playing great. And I think that if you wanted to pick the Rams in this game, I don't blame you. I could see the Rams winning this one. If I had to bet something, I would probably take the Rams money line only because it has a higher payout and I could see the game going either way. Um, on the Tampa side of the ball, I'm probably playing everyone except for the running backs while Fournette's getting all the carries. I just think that the Rams are are going to be able to take advantage of a Tampa secondary. That hasn't been great. I think Tom's going to have to score points. I think he's going to be able to, which is why I like the over and on the Rams side of the ball watch, Henderson. If Henderson does not play, I would try to get Sony Michelle in my lineup. I think he's going to be able to get the ball going a little bit because the Rams have been so good down the field that Tampa's going to have to drop a couple extra guys back and Sony's going to be able to pick up some yards.
3: Yeah. So this game's really interesting to me. I'm actually staying away from this game, but the one bet I am taking, I am taking the over on this game at 55 and a half it's just too close this is a big measuring stick game for Matt Stafford it's really going to show this could legit be a NFC conference championship matchup so it's going to be a very big measuring stick game for for Matt i think on the rams side The wide receivers are going to have a good game. Look for Cup, obviously, and Robert Woods to really show out. The Tampa Bay defensive backfield has been giving up the third most points to wide receivers in fantasy this year. So I am playing the wide receivers for the Rams for sure. But I do like the over in this game a lot. I do have a rule where I don't bet against Tom Brady. And I learned that very well, very quickly in the Atlanta Super Bowl. So if I had to pick one, I'll pick the Tampa Bay spread on this. But I am staying away except for the over. I love the over in this game.
1: Yeah, this game is going to be that I'm very, very excited to watch this game. I think it's going to end up covering the over but I wouldn't be surprised to see this game start off a little bit slower. And the reason why I say that is I think both coaches are going to come out with great game plans, knowing what they're up against. You know, Tampa secondary has been very suspect. The Rams have shown a propensity to be able to get the ball down the field so far with Stafford, which is part of the reason that they brought him in. And this is going to be one hell of a test for the Rams. And this is going to be a I think the bucks end up winning and taking it because realistically there's just going to be way more pressure on the Rams to show up and perform in this game. This type of game is the reason that Matt Stafford was brought in and there's going to be a lot of additional pressure on his shoulders that he has not once had to bear while he's been in Detroit. So it's in the home crowd. You got a big deal. I think it's going to be a massive game just from like, just just the intensity behind all of it. But it's Tom Brady, and he looks like he's playing backyard football right now. He looks like he knows where they're gonna where the receivers are gonna be before they do. Now, one dart throw, one player I love this week is I love Leonard Fournette, and the reason why I love Leonard Fournette is not from his rushing. I think it's because they tip. They, if you've noticed, Fournette has been getting quite a few passes, receptions inside the game. And the Rams are just like the Chargers, that Brandon Staley type of off or defense. They like playing that too high safety. And, and that really has li- that limited the Buccaneers last year in terms of throwing those shots down the field. I think Brady and Arians will have a good game plan set to counteract some of that. And so I think we're going to see a lot more quick strikes, maybe closer to the New England style of offense, which it, I believe will end up being a lot more dump offs which could lead to just moving the chains and an actual, a very, very good game from Leonard Fournette.
0: All right, guys, we are going to move on to Sunday night football. Green Bay Packers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. I see the 49ers favored by three and a half points with an over under of 49 and a half. This time, Matt, I'm going to kick it right back to you. I want to know your thoughts on Green Bay, San Francisco.
1: This is another one of those games. I feel like it could end up like blowing up in my face here. I think part of it is its is we're dealing with two teams here where I don't think any of either of us are really any of us are really comfortable with trusting them. You know, the Packers, we watch them get blown out week one and then show up and do what they're supposed to do against the Lions. 49ers, they've, they've been winning, but even last week against the Eagles, it's either the Eagles are a much better team than we all expected, which I totally can get behind, but they struggled. Jimmy Garoppolo looked very suspect there. And so considering the amount of injuries on the in the side, the running backs for the 49ers, the 49ers have had the Packers number over the last couple of years, and it typically ends up being them just dominating the run game, controlling the clock and not giving Rodgers the chance to have the ball. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that, which in that and considering how suspect their secondary is, it's actually going to lean me towards taking Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams and a whole lot of points.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna slam the Packers money line here. I think they should be the favorites, personally. I think you toss week one out. Obviously, it needs to stay in the back of your head, like Matt said, they could disappoint, but I just think we're gonna see the Packers step forward, be that offense that we saw last year, maybe with a little little less good offensive line. But the big thing for me is they did what they did last week and he didn't even get Devontae Adams going. This offense can take another step forward from what we saw last week when they put up a boatload of points if they just get Adams going. Uh, Obviously, Aaron Jones is somebody that needs to be started, but I like him in DFS this week. Swift had a monster, monster week in week one against them, and Aaron Jones is a very similar back. On the 49ers side of the ball, I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach on most of this offense outside of – obviously you have to start Kittle. And at this point, <laughs> Debo Debo has to be started. But outside of those guys, I'm going to take a wait and see approach and see how, how the rest of this offense pans out.
3: Yeah, I'm actually taking the money line on this game as well, too, for Green Bay. I think that they are much better than what they showed in week one. I know they played Detroit last week. So people are still kind of like, oh, what's Green Bay going to be this week? But I think they're they're fine. Obviously we saw what Aaron Rodgers did. And like Tyler said, he did not even get, Devonte Adams involved. I really think Aaron Jones is just going to have another feasting of a game this game, so DFS, I'm looking to target him in most of my lineups, as far as the San Francisco side goes, it's a crazy stat, but Debo's getting close to 40% of the targets. That's absolutely insane. I still don't trust Green Bay's backfield or their secondary at all. So look for Debo as well, too.
0: Fantasy question for you guys, specifically for Matt, Brandon Ayuk. What do you do with him?
1: I'm still going to hold him at this point. Depending on how this plays out after this week, I may reassess some of that, but all of the reports out of camp were especially week one was specifically around, uh, you know, he, he had a lingering hamstring injury and it held off. And so they kind of held him out of the snap share for a while and ramped some of it up. Now, last week also was not that good. But hey, he jumped up from zero targets to two. So if we keep this up by the time it gets to week five, he might be good. Right. But no, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo did come out and say this week in a, in a conference when the reporters were asking him about IUK. And said he's worked his way back and he's looking like he's full strength in camp now. And uh, at this point, he thinks that based on their schemes, they'll start to scheme him back into the game a little bit more. But we're on alert. We're on full red alert here. He was one of my guys all offseason here in fantasy. And so at this point, too, if he doesn't do anything at all this week, it's going to be hard to hold him on the bench if a good waiver wire person or player kind of comes around. So this this week and week four are going to be big ones.
2: Yeah, I think, I think the best thing to do with Brandon Ayuk is to find the mat of your league and to trade him immediately to that guy and see if you can get absolutely anything for him.
0: Sweet, guys. So let's go ahead and push forward. Last game, Monday Night Football. The Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia is getting spotted four points here, so the Dallas Cowboys are the favorites. Over-under is set at 52 And this time I'm going to kick it over to Jake to start us off. Jake, what do you think is going to happen between
3: Eagles-Cowboys? So I actually have Philly at three and a half on this game, and I am taking them there. I think this is going to be a closer game. It's another NFC East division game. So it's going to be, I think, a lot closer. These two always battle each other really well. I do like Jalen Hurts as far as a quarterback. I don't necessarily think you could even call him a streamer at this point, but I do think he will have a good game in this game. I just think he's going to have a lot of rushing attempts and could possibly even get into the end zone on his feet. And with the Philly defense being very, very tough on wide receivers, I'm really looking forward to, To seeing how Dallas's backfield navigates. Are they going to be a split backfield for the future or is it still Zeke's backfield? Because last week, Tony Pollard took up a bunch of targets and even a touchdown from Zeke. So I'm very interested to see because this is a favorable matchup for the running backs. So I'm intrigued to see what happens there.
2: I'm going to agree with you on, on taking the Eagles in this one. I also have it at three and a half, but three and a half, four, I'll take it either way. I, I think the Eagles are going to be able to throw the ball and run the ball with Jalen Hurts. And I think that the Eagles have shown that when they're able to move the ball, they're a pretty solid team in this divisional you know rivalry. Philly's kind of always been that team that Dallas struggles with. Um, And, and as much as I like Dallas and in most matchups, I'm taking Dallas to be that kind of upset team this year. I I just think Philly's offense is going to be too much. And I I don't know what Dallas is going to be able to, to be able to really do against them. The only issue that I have with kind of rolling out those Dallas running backs with a lot of confidence is the Eagles have not allowed a single rushing touchdown this year you're just not going to have a ton of upside. For me, if I'm going to roll out a deeper guy, I might roll out Tony Pollard only because if you remember what they did against Tampa Bay when they couldn't run the ball, they were bringing Tony Pollard in for a lot of trick plays, a lot of handoffs, a lot of misdirections to Zeke. I could see Pollard scoring in this one. I could see him getting a lot of touches, a lot of receptions. And then, yeah, on the Eagles side of the ball, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll out Jalen Hurts with a lot of confidence. And as far as pass catchers go, probably Devonta Smith. You know, maybe if, if you have a better option than Miles Sanders, you could slot him in. But I, I think for most teams, Miles is is a pretty locked and loaded RB, two, And I think he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're all in a agreement here that the Eagles are going to cover. I'm with you there. I also do think they could win this game, too. The Cowboys are just prone to letting their entire fan base down. It's what they're really good at. And this will be the this is their home opener, I believe as well. But yeah, so this will be the first time they're back there. The Eagles have shown the Eagles are just that gritty team that they've just been playing above. It feels like they've been playing above the means that we had given them credit for before the season started. Their defensive line is has always been a force. They're not allowing much rushing, which I do believe. I think that's a great call on Pollard. Deeper wise, I could also see uh, Cedric Wilson, perhaps getting taken over some of the snaps for Michael Gallup, who's still out, because I do think they're going to have to pass the ball more frequently. And Darius Slay has shown that he is a good corner. So if he's going to be on Amari Cooper, I think CeeDee Lamb absolutely goes off this week and kind of keeps them in the game from there. But I do think, I think Philly's going to have a great, a very balanced offense this week, which I don't believe Dallas will be able to have. Miles Sanders looks like he could be in for a bounce back game after struggling a little bit against the 49ers last week. I'm I'm all about the Eagles this week. Fly Eagles, fly.
0: All right, guys. So let's go ahead and wrap things up. You've waited all episode long. Well, now it's time for the Limitless Parlay of the Week. All right, let's do it. Parlay. You need to take Green Bay Packers money line, Philadelphia Eagles money line, New Orleans Saints money line, Atlanta Falcons money line, over 49 and a half for the Baltimore Ravens Detroit Lions game, over 55 and a half for Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Los Angeles Rams, and finally we're taking the spread on the Las Vegas Raiders at minus three and a half. Awesome, guys. Well, that's going to go ahead and conclude this week's episode of the Limitless edition of the Two Minute Drill podcast. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you enjoyed, share it with a friend. We'd all really appreciate it. Be sure to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. And more than anything, enjoy this week of games. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll see you next week. Peace.